Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 254 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week is a very special interview. I am so delighted to have the one and only Elsie Escobar joining me here on Jumpstart Your Joy. For those of you who do not know her, she is one half of the amazing group of She Podcasts. She is the original female indie podcaster starting her own show back in 2006. She was the host of Elsie's Yoga Class. It's a real treat to have Elsie on this show this week. And if you are new here, I want to give you all a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in to Jumpstart Your Joy. It's a treat to get to do this show, and I really am grateful for each of you for tuning in and making this a part of your week. If you're new, there's lots of information that you can find about Jumpstart Your Joy and myself over at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. There's 253 past episodes that you can binge on all sorts of discussions about joy and inspiration, intention and action that you can take to bring joy into your everyday life. While you're on the website, you'll want to make sure to sign up for my newsletter that goes out each week and I give you three joyful things that you can do to bring more joy into your life. And it will also give you that little nudge in your inbox that there's a new podcast episode out to listen to because you don't want to miss a single one, I'm sure. <laughs> and of course, all podcasters like to create show notes for each of their shows, which basically is a web page that has all of the links for information about the person, the things that we talk about, and you can find them for this show over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Elsie, E-L-S-I-E. Now, you are in for such a treat because what makes Elsie so awesome is that she truly is a world-class podcaster and she is a podcasting pundit. She is such an amazing mentor to so many women who have fallen in love with podcasting and she really encourages each of us to find our voice and find the thing that we can't stop talking about and find a way to bring that thing out into the world into a bigger way. The thing that really stood out to me about this conversation conversation is when we talked about the amazing She Podcast Live conference, which was held in October of last year in Atlanta, Georgia. And being a speaker at the event, it was amazing to see how she and Jessica Cooperman set everything up with this very powerful intention to make the group of everyone there become a we as quickly as they could. And by setting this container and inviting everyone to jump in and participate, Knowing that we all had so much in common, it really set the stage for an amazing event, and it was unlike any conference I have ever attended. So it's really lovely to hear Elsie share about that. And I also really love that she talks a little bit about how change is one of the only constants, of course, both in life and in podcasting, and how to embrace that change as it comes up in your own life. So without any further ado, I cannot wait to bring her on. Welcome to the show, Elsie Escobar. Oh, thank you so much, lovely, for having me on. I am so delighted. Excited. So the first question I ask everybody is, would you tell us what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Oh, gosh. I think I did. I loved. I loved playing with my BFF next door when mm. I was little. 
Oh, you, I had a, a very close friendship when I was a tiny little person. Mm-hmm. We, we happened to be the same age, you know, and I think that we essentially grew up together because I moved away from El Salvador when I was nine. Mm-hmm. So we spent most of that time together. You know, I think we started to kind of like possibly draw apart when I was around eight because my family had has always been in like overbearingly strict. So there were many times when, you know, the, all the kids in the neighborhood would be able to go out and play and do all kinds of fun things outside. And my parents didn't really allow me to play outside. <laughs> so she was always out with the next door neighbor, the other across the street next door neighbor. And I just remember like looking through the, like the, the mail, we had a little mailbox slot. And I remember mm-hmm. opening it up and like just like my eyes and like looking, like, I wish I would to go out there. But other than that, and then hanging out with my, oh, that was, I think that was my, my biggest joy really mm-hmm. was being with my grandma, mm-hmm. being with my, my dad's mom. She was my favorite, favorite. And she would take me out. Like we just spent lots of quality one-on-one time together, mm-hmm. little girl and her grandma. And I got to do, you know, all the things that a grandma would allow her grandchild to do, you know, like lots of candy. She would buy me toys. We would go have ice cream. You know, all of those things are like, oh, God, the best times ever. Yeah, you're totally taking me right back to my own grandma. Yeah. You know, like her purse always had her way purse. too much candy in it. And I would oh like God. eat it all, like these yeah. toffees. And then my mouth would be so full and I drool all over myself. and Yeah. And like, you know, that's so funny because you're right. It's all of that stuff. Like her purse was full of fun things, all kinds of things, mirrors and little containers of things and, and like gum and mints and candy and chocolate and, Mm -hmm. and her wallet. I remember like loving her wallet full of things in it, Mm -hmm. papers and, and it was just nothing, you know, it was like, it's just a normal person's wallet, like purse. (laughs) Yeah. It's not fancy but it was hers and i remember hours on end just yeah taking everything out of the wallet or taking everything out of her purse and so yeah mm. and her, all of that yeah i think my grandmother was probably the the most joy like the yeah she brings she yeah she's i still have her with me all the time like mm. i i always remember her and i don't even want to tell you how because then people are gonna know this is all security things i'm only gonna put it that way but she's <laughs> always with me yeah and all those things. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I often, if there's like kind of a scary moment, I often say something, you know, in my own head of like, Grandma, you know, I need your help. Like, yeah. I really call on her spirit. I'm not even joking. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's amazing. And it's like immediate call. Like, I can just feel it hit. Yep. That's yeah, amazing. Something, it's something amazing with the relationship between, I think, grandchildren. And I don't know if, if it's girls you know because my mm-hmm. my also my daughter we were having a conversation the other day and and i don't know if she said she almost asked me the same exact question that you just did like yeah almost i think that we were laying in bed and she goes what's like your favorite treat to have like that makes you happy or whatever and i was thinking i don't know i was like thinking back like as in like a treat or like when you were younger i think she she zeroed in on like when you were younger and i was like oh and then i told her about my grandma and the ice cream and all this stuff that i used to have it was like the soft serve that she used to call she told me that i could have that soft serve that that wouldn't make me sick like mm-hmm. at that time it was like you know that's the healthy ice cream is what she would say <laughs> and i was like oh yay right yeah 
total lie. But anyway, so my daughter's like, for me, it's those yes. salted pretzels that you get at the mm-hmm. mall. And like, she goes, those are so good. And I go, I hate those because I'm not, I'm not a bread person. And I don't right. really like, I just, those are not my thing. And she goes, you don't like those? And I'm like, no, I don't like them. She goes, well, mom, it's because that's when Nanny and I used to go to the mall when I was little. She's 11, mind you. Mm. When I was little and she would let me have them. And because of that, I feel really connected to the pretzels. And I was like, oh, amazing. okay. So then it made a lot of sense that I'm like, wow, what a wonderful memory that she has of this now, right? So I may not like those pretzels, but she will forever now Mm -hmm. have this memory of her because that was always a special treat. She and her grandma used to get a chance to do that, you know, when she was little. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time we allowed her to go with somebody else without us, right? So Mm -hmm. she must have been three, four years old Mm -hmm. because I was at that time with her little sister, right? So when we would go to grandma's house on the weekend, mommy would stay at home with the little one and she would go once in a while, she would sneak away with with nanny. Yeah. So So cute. I love that. I love that we've found this through line of like kind of food treats with grandma. I know. (laughs) I know. So sweet. There's so many questions to ask. Mm -hmm. I I love and have really enjoyed getting to know you some. I mean, in E-League and and through She Podcasts. Would you like to share what it is that you do now and introduce yourself to people? All right. No, okay. So... I, at this moment, I'm just, I work in podcasting. That's like my job is working in podcasting. I am primarily now like very much working at Libsyn. I run, and Libsyn is the largest podcasting hosting and distribution company. And we've been around since 2004. So it's been a while, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, so I started there way back, like in 2008, I, I kind of came in doing podcaster relations simply because I was really, really excited about podcasts Not yeah. and that, that has not stopped. <laughs> and I was really, really excited. And so I kind of called the attention to of Rob Walsh, who is the VP of podcaster relations at Lipson. And, and we got to know each other way before that, before he even worked at Lipson. Also, he had a podcast called Podcast 411, where he interviewed podcasters and then he he kind of had a just in the same way that you're asking like I always start by asking this question right he mm-hmm. did that and it was all podcaster related so his questions were like what was your first computer and the second one I think was like what is your podcasting gear that you have right now or like how are you recording your podcast and it was the first time I ever heard people like talk, getting all geeky when it came to gear. Like yeah. I was like, what are they even saying? And what yeah. is a Commodore 5064? Like, like I'd never heard of these things, you know? Right. And, and, but anyway, and, and, and so if you were on that show, like you were podcasting famous, like, <laughs> you'd made it. I so love this it. This was like, you know, so I was on a show. I was so excited. He fi- I finally was on a show and that's how we kind of got to know each other because I sent him feedback. I did all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, this he got hired by Libsyn, and I guess he just was looking to for help or whatever. And I just happened to be in a place in my life that I was looking for something new, and I kind of fell into that. 
Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I, I started to build my podcasting education in all of the different verticals in podcasting. So I happen to have expertise in almost every aspect of podcasting because <laughs> I've had to deal with it in some way, shape or form. So I don't, I obviously at that time when I started, I was producing my own show with a really super crappy audio because I, you know, we all do that. Right. And then, <laughs> but I started to work with, as a liaison, the podcast relations part was in me just speaking to podcasters and trying to get them to do advertising campaigns. Mm-hmm. So I, and while he was doing that, we had a sales team at that time, and then they would like pitch shows and then I would have to then go offer these things to the podcasters and convince them that, you know, it was worth it because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it was. <laughs> well, and Libsyn is worth it. <laughs> I'm a proud yeah. user myself. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. that's like, that's it. And then I, I actually I grew into now managing the community because that's always been really, I'm very enthusiastic about the medium. Yeah. I love to talk about it and advocate for it. And I kind of started doing that, managing their, because I was getting frustrated that the, their imprint of the brand wasn't coming out. Like I knew so many things about it. And I'm like, how come you guys don't have a blog? How come you guys don't have? And so I kind of took it upon myself to make it happen because the team has always been really, really small. Mm-hmm. And I sort of created my own job, if you will. And, yeah. and in learning that, I was also at the same time running my own show and then uh, started She Podcast with Jessica Kufferman like six years after I started at Libsyn and whatnot. And we, we started doing some of that stuff. And now we are doing She Podcast Live as well. A conference has come through by, mm-hmm. you know, I was brought in kicking and screaming. But in the process of yes. all of that too, which is, it's, it is a lot, dude. It's a lot. Yeah. I also run a, like I can't say, it's a mentorship experience that I run twice a year mm-hmm. that um, really means a lot to me. And I think that the reason that that came about is because, I really wanted to have conversations about podcasting and, and I also really wanted to empower more women in leadership in podcasting yeah. that could really own their own expertise, their own confidence to do the work. It's unconscionable for me to not have that. And so the E-League is a way for me to mentor women leaders in podcasting right. and, and to continue to advocate for them because I was thoroughly frustrated by the f- overlooking aspect. I think things have changed a lot. I'm yeah. not quite as, fr- as frustrated as I was before, but but it is something, to, it's a two-way punch. It's like we as women need to be confident and then we also need to have an advocate mm-hmm. who can speak up for us. And I happen to be that just because I've been around for so long. Right. <laughs> Some doors are open for me yeah. and I can get through a little bit easier. And then I can go, okay, go, 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 go. <laughs> sure for all like, of us. Get in there. That's like, yeah. I know. It's like, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah. So that's essentially my mission in this space is for that, to open doors, to open a door and then go get them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I love that so much. I mean, I know I've been at it almost six years at this point, And it also just feels like yesterday that I mm-hmm. started on my snowball mic. <laughs> Yeah, right? I mean, um, we all do that. Do yeah. We? And it's amazing because I didn't feel like I'd met any other women podcasters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, she podcast changed my life because I was like, there's more of us. Yeah. So, and since I think I'd been really 
looking for that sense of community that you're talking about and that you guys have done so well. And of course, it's there in the Facebook group, but it changed everything once we were all in person. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a big difference. Um, there, there, yeah, there, there was something very much that it was, it was a, an X factor that I, I honestly don't think you can plan. Mm -mm. And it's not, and it's not even something I dreamed of. Like, it's not like I even had this sense of what it could be. It still mm -hmm. was an overwhelming feeling of what this ended up being. And, and I did understand, I understand the necessity of it. Whereas, because I am a introvert extra. <laughs> <laughs> And so yeah. it's like, you know, this time that we're going through now is like optimized for people like me. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. I just, you know, I just happen to, to, to thrive in solitude and it has been a deep longing for me, oh gosh, since I can't even tell you where there has been a craving for me for solitude. And so I really like it. I enjoy being alone. Mm -hmm. And and so that's great. But and so anything that's a live event to me is like, oh my God. Yeah, just kind and of I'll too much. <laughs> right. I'll do it. I'll do it well. I'm fine with it. Like in bursts. Like I'm super cool with it in bursts. I'm like, I'm done. I'm finished. This is over. Mm -hmm. But there was something really like I don't even know how to I, I don't even know. Like there's no words. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what is happening here? But this is I, amazing. I mean from having been there and like being a speaker there, I know that there was so much care and planning and I could sense that you guys infused it with this idea of you set the tone of what you wanted. And I think everybody that showed up sensed that this isn't a hustle fest. This doesn't have, I don't want to say even male energy, but that kind of go get them energy. Yeah. Like this is no, we're coming in and this is different. And I think all of us felt it. I mean, it was explained that it is a different place and, and we're all going to be one team and, and we're all laddering up to the same kind of principles and, and belief system. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was infused in. But then I think people showed up and it was like we could drop the, the masks and we could mm -hmm. drop the worry of judgment there. And it mm -hmm. felt like, like I could just breathe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so I think you guys... You, you set it up that way. But then, yeah, I'm sure to watch it unfold was something else. Yeah. And it, it's funny because it's like, I think I was the most afraid before it all started. Mm -hmm. I was the most anxious about the commitment people make because this is a big commitment. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who have to invest money to come to something like this. Even if you yeah. want to keep it super cheap and super frugal for yourself, you're still investing money in this thing. And this was like the first time that some of the women that attended had ever attended a conference. Mm -hmm. This was also the very first time that some of the women that attended had ever invested in themselves in any way that was beyond like buying themselves a $50 shirt or something, right? Yeah. This was like a big investment for some people. And I know what it, like I've been there. I mm -hmm. know what like hundreds of dollars can feel like when you put it down. And so I felt the responsibility of, is this going to be enough? Is this worth it? Like, what are we doing? Like, I just kept thinking that, you know, and there's all these yeah. people are going to come and I hope that they get their money's worth, you know, and I just didn't know what it was going to be. And it was amazing how when people just started to arrive, it all like just gelled. Like there was no, people didn't work at it. It was like they all knew each other. Yeah.
It, right? It, it really was. was. <laughs> it was totally so like, uncanny. Oh, hi. It was literally, it was like, yeah, it was like everybody knew each other because I think the group just had interactions that happened prior and then people just mm -hmm. kind of was like, like, oh, yeah, that's you. You're the one that did this and blah, blah, blah. And then mm -hmm. everybody had a history already yeah. built in. So that was, that was really kind of shocking to me. I honestly didn't think that was going to happen. Like, I thought she podcast, like, because we all have our own experience of the space. Right. Sure. We don't. Yes. I don't know who has what they're doing in there mm -hmm. all the time Let me, or who's having a aha moment or who, who helped who. I don't right. know that. And there was a lot of who helped. It was like people were like, you're the one that did this and you helped me do this. And I can't believe I've been like looking for, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And all of that stuff was really yeah. awe inspiring. Well, yes. And it was amazing to see what happens when you all set the tone of we see you, you make a difference, your voice matters. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I imagine, like you said, from a self-care perspective, there's probably people that don't hear that often or ever. But then to also say that about something that's so dear to our hearts. I mean, I think every single show there and every single person there represented some uh, a passion that maybe wasn't getting recognized anywhere else yep. in a way that was tangible, right? Like, <laughs> because one of the hard yeah. things about being behind a mic is we talk and we interact and yeah, I, I interact with my audience, but it's all output and it's, it's, you don't always get the mirror back of what it means. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, yeah. Yeah. Thank and you. I, oh gosh, you're so sweet. Yeah. It's like, but to me, it's like without you guys, it doesn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. so that was the other aspect of it. Yeah. Jess and I worked very hard, you know, as you know, doing the E-League, I'm a huge like mission, vision and values person. Like I'm yes. constantly going back to that. Like, don't give me like what you're supposed to do if you don't work on this stuff. What do you stand for? Like, what is it that you're trying to convey? Mm -hmm. What's the language that you're using? Like all of those things. I always come back to that. So I was the one that did that. Jessica did the major. I would say she did 90% of everything that you saw at She Podcast. She yeah. did. The one thing that I do do, it's that. It's the anchoring of the mm -hmm. language. It's the anchoring yeah. of the intention, the clarity of, of exactly what you mean, right? The ability for us to really get centered and grounded. Like that's something that I just do that naturally. It's like my first go-to. So we mm -hmm. have to really step into this. And so I was able to kind of at least guide a little bit of that. And it helped us grow because yeah. there's just so much that we had to do. But at the same time, because I do believe in the work, because I've seen it work in many times, once you ground so clearly in your intention, then it's no longer yours. Then it's a gift for those people who choose to step into it. And so then, then it becomes that collective mix, right? So yeah. And, and that's why I think what made me cry the most and that made me the most emotional was the fact that it became we so fast. Mm, yeah. So like you walk in there and yeah, Jess and I put this together, but it was like, it's ours. Like it felt like it was all of us. Mm -hmm. It was our thing. And that to me was like transformative to no end because it wasn't, there wasn't that hierarchy of like, they are better, they are doing this better than I am doing this. Yeah. It was just a collective we. Mm -hmm. and, and that to me was like, what? Yeah, I don't, I, I just, yeah, it was an amazing magical mix. So 
Thank you. <laughs> I know that your background also includes yoga. And I've got to believe that a lot of what you were just talking about is of grounding in and setting intentions and all of that has a deep root in a yoga practice. I don't know if you want to reflect on that for a little bit, yeah. but I, it, it's cool to see kind of that mix between the inspirational and the self-care pieces and then how that layers into a podcasting world. Yeah. You know, like I think part of it is that that same, I'm a very sensual person. Like I'm very kinesthetic in mm -hmm. how I approach the world. And, and there's also a lot of intuition and I got into yoga, not because I even was looking for that, but it was because I was looking for a solution to a problem, which was my body was really tight because I was working out a lot. And I had heard that yoga was great for stretching. And so I started to attend classes and I realized like the first couple of classes that I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to help my body stretch out, right? Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening in my consistency, because again, I don't do things halfway, like all of a sudden <laughs> I was like, you know, going like three times a week and I was super committed and I, you know, got my own mat, mm -hmm. all of that stuff right away because I felt like this is going to be helpful for my body, but ultimately... I started to experience a massive shift in my well-being, like mental well-being well mm -hmm. that I didn't even know was a thing. Like yeah. my the, t the classes that I was attending weren't particularly spiritual in nature. We did maybe a little bit of breathing here and there at the beginning, like, you know, a little centering. But they were very asana focused, very just body focused. You went in there, you sweated it out, and then you left. I mean, I wasn't in a hot yoga. It was just a regular yoga, but I was sweating, right? Mm -hmm. It was hard. And I was challenged physically for sure. And I've always been an athlete. So I was like, I'm going to get this. Gosh darn it. <laughs> like, so I went into it like I was going to win the award for best warrior pose, you know? And th but that's, but that was my intention. That yeah. There was zero desire for any other thing. But because of the, the practice is laid out in such a way that I think the way to the mind or the heart is through the body. It's through these poses at first. Yeah. And I, it started to really deeply change me because it opened up my mind. It allowed me to relax. It also made me like see connections differently. My breath became different and deeper. My triggers my like just like getting super pissed off at people <laughs> like that softened a bit and I mainly noticed it because I at the time I was living in LA and I was waiting tables that was my essentially my full-time job although you don't really wait tables full-time but I was waiting tables for four nights a week and I did have like Friday nights and Saturday nights and those are really tough shifts man I mean people are just not cool and long days carrying things and people are awful and I would just lose my cool I was just it was just off it was off I would it would be horrible and sure. then after yoga I was able to kind of like things would fall off me a little bit like I wasn't so invested in it I was like oh my god I can talk to this person who is a horrible human being and still smile wow this is amazing <laughs> so it was like a weird way of self-reflection and so what ended up happening because of that is that I go I went it seems like there's something to this yoga thing what what is it right and therefore I fell into a very deep rabbit hole where 
you know, like all of yeah. a sudden, you know, within six months, I was off doing some training. Because <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? it was, I felt, I felt it. Like I was like, this is for real, man. This is not a joke. Yeah. Like I came to it without somebody sell, selling me something. I, I, I came to it from the other side of things. I love that because I know for myself, it's interesting. I went through life coach training in a similar route. Like, you know, I knew my work, which at the time was in advertising as a, a project manager slash producer. And, you know, I was, I was hitting that very existential <laughs> place of like, what is the point of selling people Tamiflu, honestly? You know, like, and going to meetings <laughs> right. where they're like, the flu's up this season. And I'm like, that's gross. Like, you're celebrating <laughs> that? You know, and that thing yeah. of like, I'd be leading retreats on the weekend because my background was religious studies in college and grad school. But like, I, w I had the existential problem of like, how can I be telling people on the weekends, here's how you find your joy, basically. Here's how we unwind. And then I'm jumping into the stance during the week of being the person that is also then responsible for them questioning if they need to buy some Tamiflu or, you know, go use their visa card, you know, like <laughs> just, there was not a match. And so having been to a life coach, I was like, that's what I need more of. And I mean, that's where the, the road led me to a podcast too. It's, it's very bizarre. And, but I, th I think it goes back to that grounding thing. Like I had to know myself better before I was, able to stand in this space as a podcaster and share my story. I think there's something very, oh, yeah. very like connected there. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I do feel that that grounding aspect of it though also goes back because I did start before that whole yoga thing. I, I did do acting. So I was acting mm -hmm. for a while. And one of the things that you also need to do for acting is that you need to ground. It's a, it's part yeah. of the work of grounding into whatever that might be and then having to understand your voice and where the voice goes and how your body is a tool, like in all of these different things. And so in the process of all of these separate studies, one of the things that I really love and I think is a gift of mine is that I get a chance to see the connection. So mm -hmm. I really see where things connect. I see where the relationships are from a really like super like bird's eye view of things and go, oh my God, that's exactly like this. Yeah. And so I can draw those parallels and those metaphors and sort of see the underlying truth of the whole thing. And so that to me became incredibly clear that the steps that you take in order for you to grow, in order for you to expand, in order for you to find a sense of amplification and like self-expression that is free, kind of like a shine, is from the concept of understanding that you first have to root, you first have to ground down so that you can expand. Because yeah. without that, you can't do it. And one thing that really teaches us stuff like that is things like nature. Nature is a deep reflection of, of these deeper truths. And you can find all of these in any, you can just overlay it into whatever career you're mm -hmm. looking into, and it's the same. Mm -hmm. And so it became easier for me to be able to teach this. Uh, first, it was hard because I thought, how are people going to listen? They're not going to listen to me saying, like, this is so weird. It's like we're talking <laughs> podcasting, but uh, we're not. But how do I do it? So I actually, I spent probably around five, four to five years dilly-dallying and questioning myself that there was no way to merge these things because you can't. 
This is yoga and spirituality. <laughs> this is podcasting. Like there's what? Right. And then what ended up happening is like, it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Like there was no, I didn't want to label it, name it, have it be a thing. Cause I think we all get caught up on how am I going to sell this thing? Like, sure. Yes. What do I call it? Right. What do I call it? <laughs> What's the name? Yes. What's the name? <laughs> and it happens right? with podcasts all the time, which maybe we can talk about in a second. But yeah, like, I know. what do yeah. we call this? Yeah. What do we call this thing? Like, no, but it can't be that because then it doesn't do this. And and I really was in that same cul-de-sac where it was like, I can't say this because people here are not going to. And if I say this, then these people are not going to do it. And then I just, there came a point where I'm like, I really, what ended up happening is that I rebranded in my own head, like not even just publicly, but in my own core, mm -hmm. that this is me. It's like my name. I am the thing. And yeah. so I can't split myself up anymore. And this is the thing. So if you hire me and you work with me and you want me in something, you're going to get all of these things. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And then sometimes, you know, the podcasting aspect is going to come out more. Sometimes the yoga aspect is going to come out more. But what you do get with me is absolute and utter consistency, regardless of what we're working on. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever kind of client I am working with, you will get a consistent uh, just in terms of the integrity of my work because it all stays from the same thing. Like I can't not do it. Yeah. So. I think yeah. that's so. So do you think, because when I work with people who are starting a show, I mean, really the name, it's actually caused people to quit. <laughs> yeah. they, they can't have the name they want and yeah. which baffles me because my name bubbled up out of, I knew it was joy. And then I like kind of just played with it for a while. I let it sit. Right. I let it ruminate. What do you, do you have any specific advice or thoughts about like what's in a name? What's in a name? All I know is that the name can change. Yeah. And I think that allowing yourself to understand that you can ebb and flow and grow and iterate is, is perfect. Mm -hmm. Like there is no, nobody is saying you're going to now forever be this. It's not like naming your child. Let's put it that way. Be yes. Even then, I mean, they will at some point possibly maybe even choose to change the name. But yes, as a parent, I would think like you would have to think a little bit harder about naming because this is something that's a lifelong <laughs> commitment for this person that you're going to name, right? I get that. But when it comes to naming your show, y'all, you can change it. Yeah. Like, it can grow. I keep talking about this. It's so weird how certain stories keep coming up in podcasts. This is very strange. Yeah. But this one is the one that keeps coming up. I think you're going to be the third one that's going to kind of hear this story again. But it's, it's, a, it's actually about this. It's about identity and how we identify with labels that we put on ourselves. And I had gone, when I first started to get online, I had very much put my entire identity under the term yogic, Y-O-G-E-E-K. Mm -hmm. And I started to podcast. I was a, right, you know, I got into podcasting. That was a whole like geeky part of the world. Like nobody knew what the heck it was. And most podcasters were also early adopters. So I happened to be listening to podcasts right when they started. And then I got into all of the social media, all of the new services online that were happening at that time. Like that was like how I was tapped in to, oh gosh, there were so many, all of these like social media I don't know, sister, I don't even know if you were around at that time, but there were mm -hmm. so many. It was like one or and here's another one. And they were all like 
exactly like Twitter, but with a little something off. And then it was like this and that. And Facebook wasn't even around. But anyway, I was still doing all that stuff. And I thought I have to share who I am. So I thought Yogeek would be great because I'm a yoga person, but it's also really into this geeky thing. So that's how I started. And everybody knew me as that for years online and offline. Everything was tied to that. Like all my handles, my email addresses, my online, you know, URLs and things, everything. And then it started to not fit very well. Then it started to really hold me, really Mm -hmm. like making me feel like I couldn't be beyond that, right? And I fought against it because I had all of my emotions and my self-identity was involved into that label that I had chosen. (laughs) Yeah, And it was an emo, dude, it was an emotional thing because I changed my handle from Yogeek on all social because that's who, how I was known to, uh, to my name. Right. And it took me two months to, to make move the, over, to move over. Wow. And I would go on Twitter and I would go, okay, this is where you change your at thing, right? This is where you do it. And I would do it and I would leave. Like I couldn't go through with it. You just couldn't hit submit. I couldn't hit submit. <laughs> oh no. Because I was so caught up with I on it. It was like letting go of something so meaningful. Of course. I don't even know what it was. It was so like, oh God. And it was, ang- I was so scared and anxious and I was afraid. Like, I don't know what I was afraid of. I was just afraid people wouldn't know who I am or I don't know what the heck. I really yeah. honestly don't know. And then once I did it, I was still, it still didn't feel comfortable. It still felt like, did I make a mistake? I just lost a brand that I built for the past six years. I don't know if this is, and I went through that process and it slowly, I started to unravel and realize, oh my God, this is exactly what it needed to be. Like I am this person. It feels uncomfortable, but it is so much better than before because I've allowed so much more expansion from it. And it doesn't diminish the fact that having that name before was strong and meaningful and powerful Mm -hmm. in some way. And in some way, it really helped me. But there comes a point when you're done. So that's what I feel about naming shows. There are times when it might just not be that anymore. And and it's okay. You You have to let it grow. It's, it's cool. That's who you are, dude. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all are still the same as you were five years ago or 10 years ago, but no. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it is true. And I mean, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, my first blog, we won't even talk about my second blog. Because I was, okay, I'll, I will admit, I don't even think I've ever talked about this. Like I made up a name. It was under a total like nom de plume. I don't know if you say that about my blogs, mm. but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't even matter. Like you could probably find it if you tried really hard. There are hints. But mm-hmm. then the next one was Welcoming Spirit, which is a lovely name. It was totally ownable. But at the time that I started this show, I was like, I've welcomed the spirit. <laughs> I have. I, it, we are one, I am good, and it's time to move something else. Because I was like, I, yeah. I just, it was also more spiritual as a background, which is, right. which was awesome. But I also, it, it never quite stuck or fit or whatever. And then this has been much more, and, and I turned all my socials over. I turned everything over to Jumpstart Your Joy once I was like, 
oh yeah, this is, this feels right now. And it was scary. Yes, I can totally relate. It's almost like you're, you're mourning the loss of something when you let go of a name that you worked that hard on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's an aspect of it. I think it's fine. It's fine to have it be what it is. It's fine to have the evolution of it. And it's also, I think in, in podcasting, it's also really much more important than anything, than almost in any other medium, I think, because if you start with an idea that really rocks you, right? That you're like, this is what I want to do. And then in the process, whether it's because you get bored with it or because it just doesn't fit right or for whatever reasons, if it just doesn't, it's not you anymore. Having to continue doing the thing in voice is, you can't lie. You know, you can't lie. Right. You yeah. can't lie with the voice anymore. You yeah, it just doesn't work. Even if you try to, if you want to, if you're like push yourself to get excited over having a certain convert type of conversation, it's gonna come through. If you're the host, if you're a solo person, holy monkeys, because then you're kind of stuck with yourself. You're like, oh, great, yes. I gotta talk about this thing again. Great. Yeah. And- and, you, and it's like you have to act to be yourself, which is totally not cool, especially if it's your show. And you can tell when it comes to your voice. Right. The other aspect of it is like if you're sick of the conversations, you're going to not ask the questions that are going to get really deep. So, you know, it's it's fine. I just heard one of my favorite podcasters is Kara Swisher. Mm-hmm. And she has a show called Recode Decode. And she just is going to stop doing that show. She And she's been doing it for a while. And it's a pretty like famous show. And I really dug it because of the tech conversations she has. And she's just a pistol man. Like I, <laughs> I want to be her when I grow up. Like I, like there's times when I'm, I'm like, how did she even have the guts to say that? Like yeah. she just, she's really good. But anyway, I loved her show and I, I don't listen to almost everybody's show every single week. Cause I listen to so many things, but I will go away, come back. And there's been times when Recode Decode has changed my, I'm like, wow. That was amazing. And then the path, there's been a couple episodes here where I'm like, oh, it was just like a little bit, I don't know. My thought, my internal thought was like, it doesn't feel like Kara wants to be here. Like, that's what I thought. But I was like, you know what? I let go of that. It was just like, maybe it's my whatever. Like, I totally doubted myself. And then like, she just stopped doing it because she said, she wanted to expand the conversation she wanted to be having. So she's actually moving to, I think, the New York Times. And there, she's oh, starting wow. a new show there that doesn't have a name yet. It's going to start in the summer, I think. So they, isn't that funny? There's no name yet. But right. she's going to stop Recode Decode because she felt that that show was slightly too into the tech aspect of things like she was very obviously that's how it was that was the description of it it is a show it was like with tech people talking about really incredible things but she said she's a lot more interested in discussing power interesting and who has it and where it comes from and so she feels that um, having a different show she's able then to have conversations with people that are outside of tech so she wants to have other conversations with other people who are luminaries in their industry that are smart thinkers that can talk about power, not just in the tech industry. So isn't that neat? So anyway, I'm just saying that because she's a big, big wig and she's been, I mean, she just stopped it. I was like, what? And she was just like, eh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there is, I mean, I have a, I have a certain amount of respect for sure for people who know when it's done, right? Like even with, 
with TV shows where you're like, oh, wow, you just, like, you could have kept going. Like, there's right. money or whatever in this, but, like, the story is over. So, yeah, I think that's amazing. I can't wait to see what she she's up to with power. That's a fascinating conversation. Totally. So, yeah, yeah and I'm sure she's going to be great. But anyway, th- so all that to say... <laughs> pick something and then change it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or it might just work. You might actually grow into it. So you know what? So speaking of naming, if I may stay on this conversation. Of course. (laughs) So the, so the E-League. Okay. So I needed to do this thing. Like I knew what it was like. I knew the experience I wanted to put forward. I knew some of the things I wanted to have conversations, the ultimate feeling, because that's why I call it an experience, right? So I had this thing. And then I had all the things ready. Like I kind of was like, I know what I want to do. And then I was like, oh my God, this has to have a name. Like I didn't, you know, I, I have to name this thing. And I remember just for like, I kid you not, Paula, it was like five <laughs> minutes of me sitting there going, should I make it about this? And then, and then I immediately stopped and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to spend my time pondering this when I need to get this out. So I was like, okay. The it's E. I'm an E. I'm Elsie. E. The E League. Yay. Okay, that's it. And I literally that's about as much as I thought about it. I didn't stop like there's nothing extra. Like there's nothing more that I thought about it. My first podcast was called Elsie's Yoga Class. Again, incredibly creative name, correct? So it was because again, I didn't know what to call it. And I was like, well, this is what it is. And so I was like, why not go with my name again? And so I put it out there. Now, what ended up happening is that in the process of doing the E-League, the E-League became a thing outside of me. So that is its own identity that although it's mine because I began it, it also is the collective of what that experience is. And so the E is always an inspiration to me. It can be anything and it can be everything. Yeah. And so I find it now to be so vague <laughs> that it is actually freeing because it's not specific. And in it's in, in that I can go like, it can be an experience. It can be exciting. It can be essential. It can be ecstatic. You know, it can be any E word ever. And I can add it to the mix and have it be a thing. Mm-hmm. So... I'm a big fan of just choosing something and going for it. And if I ever want to change it, I will. But yeah. now it's like it still kind of works for at least what I'm doing. So I love that. There you have it. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Thank you for talking <laughs> about names so much. I know it's like the top question. And like I said, I've, I've seen people be like, I can't have that name. I'm done. And I'm like, oh, man, that's rough. Like, I know. You have things to say. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah. There's so many words in English. Oh, yes. There's many more. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a fun one that you could own that's like just waiting for you. So yeah, I yeah, feel like it's a absolutely. needle in a haystack question too. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been amazing. I feel like we could talk for like hours more. <laughs> <laughs> I know we could. Combo. I know. If people are excited about the E-League and finding you, working with you, where where are you and how can they find you? They can come to lcescobar.com. Mm-hmm. And or they can follow me on social. I'm primarily active on Twitter. It's like the easiest, least hard for me to engage in. <laughs> and I am the LC Escobar on Twitter. And I'm also on and I really like Instagram as well, although it's harder for me to go on Instagram lately just because of bandwidth issues. Thank you. Are you running E-League again 
this oh my god yeah i was supposed to have done it so long ago and unfortunately the only thing that's stopping me is that i have to like update my website i have to update Mm. the website put the dates on there it's gonna be awesome (laughs) i really enjoyed it i changed it changed a lot of things for me so in the best of ways so yes yes, thank you and before we go i would love to ask you the last question i ask everybody which is last and most joyfully what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life in the world or in other people's lives for me at this moment the thing that that jump starts it is when i go outside mm-hmm. and unfortunately i'm i i recognize my privilege in that because we live very we live in a it kind of removed from towns and things so we're slightly more on the rural side and so i do have the luxury of being able to walk outside my door and not coming into contact with anybody around me and it's how i've tapped into the joy of of my body of myself and it's immediate it's almost instantaneous now when i get an opportunity to go outside and be surrounded by trees and the beauty that is outside and the smells that i smell are unbelievable mm-hmm. honestly and oh and another thing that has brought so much joy we are actually we attempted for the very first time to plant a garden so mm-hmm. my girls and i have done that we've set up some an edible garden right so we have vegetables that we planted and things like that we have never done anything like this i have never planted anything other than when i was in fourth grade and i had to like had that little bean inside of the, a bean. Yeah. the cotton <laughs> yeah. and then it sprouted yeah, yeah that was about the extent of my of my growing anything other than babies. And so I cannot tell you how excited we all are. We're like, oh my God, look, it came out. Like, it, it's just, I can't believe it. So we have little baby plants and they're mm-hmm. like babies and we just, we look at them and they're so cute and we love on them and we, lo- oh, it's just amazing to see these little things grow outside. So that's been, oh, Anyway, growing these things has been yeah. magical for all of us in here. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm looking outside of the artichoke plant that has <laughs> six artichokes ready to eat. So I totally oh, get it. God. It's huge. Oh, wow. It's often in the Instagram feed. So if anybody needs to see it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to go check it out because I am so <laughs> proud of growing anything. And not at least at least at this moment, it's alive. Exactly. And it's smiling at me. Oh. <laughs> Well, Elsie, this has been such a treat and such a delight to get to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Oh, thank you for having me. I so appreciate it, Paula. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website. You'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back. 
next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.